Welcome to episode 154 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharper. Hello! And Matt Casal. Happy Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day. It is Monday, May 30th, 2016. We don't fucking break for holidays. Hell no. They don't give us an off day here. No, we have clamoring fans waiting to hear these... God God fucking damn it! Already? We just fucking started! Are you kidding? Pause that fucking podcast. Welcome back to the Next Sauce Comic Book Podcast. We decided to forego pizza break and eating because recording this episode for you is more important. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about DC. I think, I think you should warn the folks that we're looking at a 20-minute episode here. Or an hour episode. Well, that's generous. I mean, we're going we're gonna to rock and roll tonight. I mean, the podcast goes where it goes. And we have, we're not in control of this. We're not at the wheel. We aren't. <laughs> it's good to know nobody's at the wheel of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Well, if you've listened to any of them, you know that nobody controls this shit. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk about DC Universe Rebirth. Uh, DC has had enough of their new 52 universe, and they're re-kicking off the entire universe because... I like how you jumped around point, that reboot. Right. Well, yeah, they're fucking rebooting because at some point they decided, you know what, we fucked this up and nobody likes it. And sales are in the toilet and, I mean, we really screwed the fucking pooch. So we're going to bring back everyone's favorites. We're going to try to get more. We're going to try to get back to the pre-Flashpoint DCU, but still keep things updated. And the big 80-page $2.99 giant, $2.99 giant was released last week we all read it and we're going to talk about it and give our thoughts about where we think this new dc universe is going to go did anyone did either of you get the civil war number zero free issue from from marvel i got it but i didn't read it because i'm not interested in it i got it and i didn't read it as well so years ago marvel did civil war which was a very successful crossover it was what Captain America Civil War was loosely based off of. And it was really good. Really good, big uh, intercompany crossover. So now, with the success of the first Civil War and Captain America Civil War, Marvel's decided their summer event is going to be Civil War 2. Except it's Iron Man and a character that no one gives a shit about. Well, that's unfair. People like nope. Captain Marvel. But no one gives a shit about Captain Marvel. People like Captain Marvel. Like, I like Blue Beetle, mm-hmm. but no one gives a shit about Blue Beetle. Can I say what I like real quick, Paul? Yeah, tell me what you like, buddy. I like housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Uh, we don't have to do that. We are, we have a short show tonight. Go to mixos.com, check out the new website. Go to the Facebook page. You can download this on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic. But you know that because you're listening to us right now. So, Civil War Two, And... June 10th through 12th, we will be in Altoona at the Sci-Fi Valley Con with our dear friends, the Gearbox Union. Uh, Darcy and Dylan Mahaffey will be there, and our friend Josh Bomber, who hosts Bombtron Art, who has stellar, stellar artwork. His artwork gets better every time I see him, which also increases 
uh, my desire to punch him in the face. He gets more popular, more famous every you, time we talk. I'm glad you limited it to a punch in the face because I said, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> so go to said Facebook page. Check out all of our updates on our adventures in sci-fi at Sci-Fi Valley Con. And we'll probably also post 10, 11, and 12 of June. Matt Casal and I will be there. Ian and Dominic don't give a shit to support the McSauce brand. But oh. Matt and I will be there for all of your McSauce needs. Let's talk about Civil War Two. Civil War Two. So you're saying that people don't give a shit about Captain Marvel. Um, I mean, like they—they they do. don't care about it do. like Captain America. But I think people can get behind Captain Marvel. That said, I don't give a shit about them doing Civil War Two. Well, it, they already did all the things that. We wanted to see listen, the first time. Listen, around. it can't be Captain America because, hmm. not to be outdone by DC's rebirth, <laughs> Marvel has decided to, in a very gimmicky fashion, make sure that we understand that Captain America has all this time been an agent of Hydra. Oh, you don't get more gimmicky. Can someone explain that to me? Marvel. Because I've only seen it in internet. Headlines. I haven't read it yet. I've just heard the. I, I saw an article on. Uh, Yahoo, and then I also heard outrage from people being, oh, you, the people that don't understand how comic books work because there's, these are new fans brought in through the movies. There's nothing good about what they're doing because we all know that this is not legit. They're gonna change it. You know, they're gonna explain it away somehow, even though they've gone out of their way to say, no, 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 this is really cap. He's not under mind control. It's not an imposter. This is Steve Rogers that can I spoil I'm gonna spoil it. He kills Jack Flagg in the comic book, he throws him out of an airplane. What the fuck is Jack Flagg? He's some patriot. Is he like and a he's got flag an in old his school name. like me, like Marvel patriotic yeah, they, character? They brought him back, essentially, in Captain America number one to kill him. Because they wanted to kill somebody that wasn't just Joe Schmo off the street, which Jack Flagg kind of is. But they I kept, like how you rolled schmo and off the street into schmo off the street. Did Very, I do that? You did. It sounds was all like, one word. Sounds like Grand Schmoff Tarkin. That's a Star Wars reference. I don't know where that came from. But anyway. Are you upset about this, Matt? I feel like you are. It's a comic book fucking trope. It's a old school comic book trick. I'm not upset about it. I'm not fooled by it. It, it's, it just happens. It's upsetting given, given the timing. Uh, they're obviously trying to compete with something legitimate that DC's trying to do with a bullshit gimmick. They, I agree with that. They have gone out of their way to say, this is legitimate. This is not... This isn't a gimmick. This is for real. But it is. It's we, a we, right, we know that. Yeah. Gimmick. And, and the like, thing that upsets people is that it, it gets dummies that are just new to comic books and only pay attention to the movies. Like, no, this isn't permanent. It's fine. It's going to go yeah, away. But, but Marvel pulled the same shit just a few years ago with the um, Superior Spider-Man, right? And they were like, no, no, no. Dr. Octopus is now Spider-Man. Well, he, he was here, for a whole He is here, here to, to stay. stay. Peter Parker is not coming back. This is who Spider-Man is. Dan Slott went on a crusade of lying to make sure that we understood that Dr. Octopus is Spider-Man as we know it from henceforth. Well, they didn't lie, because Peter Parker hasn't been Peter Parker since Brand New Day. 
So they didn't lie. He's been shitty well, for years. It's almost ten years now, dude. Fuck. So they brought him back to his shittiness when they did bring Peter Parker back. But actually, they made him even shittier, didn't they? Hey, let's it, make it, him a unre- globe-trotting... Uh, it's fucking unreadable, but... We're, we're not here to talk about that other comic book company but that is a really terrible media grab that they did and it won it won the day i agree with you matt dc's trying to do something like legitimate and real with their universe and marvel was like yeah cheap fucking marketing ploy that will steal a lot of headlines and it just so happens it was right on the heels of the movie that was very successful it just it just smacks of of Gimmickry. Is I don't, that a word? I don't want to use it. Like, I don't mind what they're doing in the comic books, but I guess I do dislike how it's being played out in the media, in the, to- the timing, like you said, and the fact that it was right... It was like that Thursday, right after Rebirth came out, and then I remember logging on on Thursday morning, and it wasn't about DC's heroes or what the shake-up or the changes that are actually far-reaching it was about marvel's dumb fucking ploy agreed and it's sickening because we've seen it time and time and time again we have yet another number one from marvel uh yet another relaunch from marvel for captain america i want to look it up i want to see how many fucking times they've relaunched captain america at number one it's it's probably over 10 times which is sickening Marvel is losing me more every time they pull this crap. And they do it more than once a year. They do it more than once a year. But no reboots with Marvel. We would never do that. They're just awful. <laughs> just awful. So know, I'm not even going to call them Marvel Comics anymore. Awful Comics. That's their new name. You have a way with the words, Matt. Thank you. Awful Comics. Now let's get into what we actually <clears throat> wanted to talk about tonight. DC Comics rebirth their entire universe this week they did uh what i wanted to say about civil war 2 was that the lead up the issue zero the free for everyone was supposed to get everyone into marvel's big summer event which is civil war 2 it just wasn't interesting like i didn't have anything invested in it like a, a part of it had a big in humans hook to it because nobody gives a fuck about the inhumans nobody possibly could ever care about that shit i feel ian you in um your last comic strip post you related the inhumans to the new gods and i feel like i feel like they're similar because i'm sure there's inhumans there's hardcore inhumans fans out there and if marvel never did any more inhumans comics people would be mad same with if DC just stopped making New Gods comics. There's a very, very small, stupid faction of fans that would be pissed off. But the New Gods are fucking dumb. The Inhumans are fucking dumb. Like, guess what? They're X-Men. But the X-Men are more interesting. They're way cooler. Because they have better so characters. They're, they're sexier and more dramatic. Who the fuck gives a shit about the Inhumans? And like, they've got a mansion and a bald guy in a wheelchair. It's so hot. Yeah, as I'm flipping through this book, like I'm reading the Captain Marvel stuff and I'm reading the Inhuman stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is why I'm not interested in this because Marvel's just trying to push Marvel's own in-house agenda with all this stuff. Because when the original Civil War came out, they had 
their entire universe at their disposal. And they still do. But at this point, like, you can't deny the, well, you know, we're writing the Fantastic Four out of Marvel. And, like, we're not giving the X-Men, you know, big billing anymore. It's amazing that Marvel had took its most famous group of characters and just marginalized them to the point where people kind of don't really care that much about the X-Men anymore. Wolverine, I think the charisma of Hugh Jackman, as well as the comic book version, being really cool and having a lot of good stories to him, that kind of trumps all of that. But if Marvel had its way, the X-Men would not exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, and they say, no, we're not doing that, we're not doing that. Like, you know, it's just weird coincidence, blah, blah, blah. But they are absolutely doing that. I mean regardless of what their motivations are or not. Oh, well, this is... We've had this publishing plan. The publishing arm is completely separate like, from oh the movie shit, arm. And we've man. had this plan in place for years. It's and unbelievable. It oddly, Did they do that stuff and back it, in the 90s and, and the 80s? And it fits or, like, with the fact that you don't have in-house for the movies Fantastic Four and X-Men. You make so, no money on those movies, so, now, so we don't have any toys. We don't have any kind of... Other, like, posters or t-shirts or fucking anything. But the Captain Marvel movie is on the slate for phase three or four or whatever. So she's the big, she's the big, um, you know, big character going up against Tony Stark. But it's just coincidence. It's just coincidence. They're not doing any of that stuff on purpose. So, yeah, Marvel now, fuck awful now. They're terrible. But DC may be making some real strides in the comic book arena to be putting back together what was once a great universe. A universe filled with hope and legacy and pride. And then they took all of that and they threw it in the toilet and they flushed it with the New 52. And the New 52 started strong. We had characters we were familiar with. We were getting new takes on old characters. There was... There was hope. Like, I mean, you know, maybe you're going to get it right this time. I almost feel like the new 52, it, it was just like the new hotness. That's all it was. It was just some hot thing trotting around, catching your eye. No, no, no. no. Let's not revise history. The new 52 was great out of the gates. It wasn't Flash it was. and Dash. It wasn't Image Comics circa 1993 where they just come out with a new number one and a hot named artist and everybody in the world buys that one issue that they came out with. Because we were maybe, suckers back in the day. Maybe they came out with a second issue, but that didn't come out until three years later. This was legit. 12 months, 12 issues, good stuff. Across the board, so many good titles. I never liked DC Comics more than I did in the first year of the New 52. I agree with you. It was really great. It was really well-thought-out stories, great creative teams. I mean, granted, Detective Comics dropped off before the that 12-issue mark, but Batman was solid well through that. But that first issue of Detective Comics, do you guys remember how it ended with the Joker <laughs> cutting his face off? How iconic is that? And he hangs it up on the wall and he escaped. So cool. Yeah, there were a lot of really great things that they did in the New 52. Um, but they're looking to kind of move away they, from that universe. The problem was they couldn't and, maintain it. And, and, Edit- I'm okay. sorry, let me just finish my thought. Editorial, I think, dictated where the New 52 went more than the creators. It felt like 
the creators had these great ideas and it was going in a good place, but editorial really like put the clamps down on these guys creatively and it killed it killed their their passion. It it drove people off of books and it was just a disaster. Do you think that it was something when whenever Marvel does stuff like that, it's in my head, it's always coming down from Disney or Marvel Studios where they're like, check it out, we can't use these characters. You have to kind of put them to the side. Where do you think that came with DC? I know you said editorial was where it started, but it it I don't even know. It just seemed like they kind of lost their way and it, stopped telling those real focused stories. Well, it it did, but remember how much shakeup there was. I mean, I remember there was a writer that jumped on uh, you know, not every book was good out of the gate, you know, Action Comics. Uh, oh, no, Action Comics was pretty decent out of the gate. Grant Morrison knows how to start a story. Just doesn't know what to do with it after the first few. But, um... Is that what you... Do you guys think that about Grant Morrison? I think he just sometimes overcomplicates things. No, I think... Like, and he can do think, that at the beginning, the middle, or the end. I think <laughs> sometimes he accidentally gets things right. Really? Yeah, and yeah. at the beginning of action, he accidentally got things right. But then all of a sudden, like what started with a story about a Clark Kent from the farm going into the big city and realizing his powers and just being like, you know what, fuck this corrupt mayor or fuck this corrupt government official. I'm going to fuck his day up and like I'm going to put things right. But then all of a sudden it was... Black Superman from another dimension, and then this other dimension's coming in, and then there's like three different Supermen that all interlock with each other. I'm like, Grant Morrison, you're a fucking nightmare. You're a comic book writer's nightmare. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. I you're, think he And then you'll get it right. A, a comic fan's nightmare. He's the writer. But yeah, you're right. He's his own worst nightmare. So he is my worst nightmare when it comes to trying to follow a story. I think I agree more with what you were saying, Ian. Um, he overcomplicates things. Paul, like you just said, that Superman story got absurd to the point of I didn't know what was going on anymore, and that's when I dropped books. I did the same thing with Wonder Woman. Azarello's run, I thought, started strong, ended with a whimper because it was just... I don't know if they run out of ideas and they run out of steam or if their ideas are legitimately just too too big to tell because typically when that happens, I'm not enjoying it by by the end. Yeah. Um, Graham Morrison just tells different stories than I want to hear. Like, he likes getting big and metaphysical and, you know, talking to, you know, like bringing in like all these abstract ideas and I don't want that like I understand Hal Jordan is a space cop and he should be in space you know righting wrongs and busting aliens on different worlds but I'm fine if Hal Jordan's in you know DC's version of Los Angeles which is Coast City just fighting criminals and beating some beating up some weirdos like you know, I don't need any big metaphysical ideas about the larger universe and what this means to the everyday man on a cellular level. I don't want to hear that. I just want to see Hal Jordan make a big green boxing glove with his <laughs> ring and punch a guy. Lucky for you, Paul, 
Grant Morrison's not writing any of the rebirths, is he? He isn't. And that isn't something that I picked up on whenever I was reading through the old DC previews book. And I guess it's good. But I, like, I, I don't know why. Maybe he has prior commitments. Who did write Rebirth? Jeff, Jeff Johns. Johns. Je- no, you like the Jeff guys. Johns. The, the, the guy. The man. It's the not guy. that guy's dick. This is your favorite writer but in comics? But he couldn't finish. Because that's his thing. Because you're not good at <gasps> How blowing dudes. dare you. Because Jeff Johns has weak finishes. That's his, that's his thing. Oh. Great stories, weak finishes. You didn't like the way that he wrapped up Green Lantern? I thought you cried. Sissy, oh, bitch here. no, no. Yeah. I cried in the middle of Green Lantern. Before he got to the bigger stuff, I feel like Grant Morrison was whispering in his ear, you ought to do this, you ought to do this. And Jeff Jones was like, no, I just want to make it a really honest, heartfelt story about brothers. And then he was like, no, make it about all this fucking crazy shit. And Jeff Jones was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I was like, have you ever going to come? And he <laughs> never did. Well, he wrote... He wrote the newest DC comic, Rebirth. He did. It was really good. I think start to finish, it really set the stage for what DC wants to do with their characters. The Rebirth branding is based on Green Lantern Rebirth that he wrote, which which was an amazing success. Hal Jordan had been dead for a decade. He brought Hal Jordan back. Uh, He reset the board for... Green Lantern and what that brand meant to DC he kind of sort of did the same with The Flash to less success with Barry Allen but it was enough that the highest rated show on the CW stars Barry Allen so Flash Rebirth also had equal success so now he's trying to do it with DC as a whole because DC's a mess the comic books aren't selling like there's tons of weird shit going on. Batman v Superman wasn't all that great. Didn't live up to critical or financial hype. Uh, since Jeff Johns has been put in, he's, I thought it Jeff made, Johns has become the Kevin Feige of DC. Kevin I thought it Feige, made its money. Didn't Batman v Superman actually? It made its money. It just scored low on Rotten Tomatoes. No, well, yeah, it it made its money, but it just made its money. Like, it didn't blow the fucking doors off Warner Brothers' it, bank vaults. It made its money, um, like, times ten. I mean, right, maybe Stiglers. not ten, but... No one fucking liked it. It wasn't Civil War. It I like wasn't how you, the well, event. Let no. me get down to brass tacks. Let me generalize even more. Let me generalize even more. No, 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 no. I do know what you're talking it about. It wasn't a piece of shit. But also, it wasn't very the, the more upset you get, the more extreme your, your views are becoming. Yeah, I thought we all kind of liked it. Like, I still liked it better than an unnamed comic book movie that we'll talk about pretty soon. So, I don't... Fucking X-Men... It was better than X-Men. I would go see oh, it. Oh, you're a fucking crazy You're person. a fucking nuts. You're nuts. You're get nuts. out of here. You no, like you X-Men better than Batman v yeah. Superman? Get the fuck yeah. out. Because you, know you could take a good nap during X-Men? You Is that why? Because I don't fucking care about the X-Men. You could fucking rail someone with a dildo in X-Men, and that's just fine. Well, that's yeah, a terrible way to rate a movie, then. Well, I don't fucking care. It's my own rating. I make my own ratings. Yeah, that, I like that's X-Men. a terrible like way for people to judge your rating as well. Then, on a movie that you don't care about, 
Yeah, I like Apocalypse better than Batman v Superman because Batman v Superman didn't embody what the DC Universe is supposed to be about. And it didn't tell a good story. It left tons of questions. Like, yeah, maybe X-Men wasn't great. Maybe it was just kind of boring. But it was super everything boring. made sense. Like, I understood everything. Did you not understand everything in Batman v Superman? I thought that we had... I thought we did this podcast about yeah, Batman v Superman. we did. And even after that... There are still. I thought you gave it like goals. you definitely gave it a higher mark than I did. Well, I was wrong. I was the, I gave it okay. Well, well it shouldn't have. It must have been the first time that, that you were wrong. Then. Yeah. Okay. It's, no, I'm wrong tons of times on this okay. podcast. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Batman v Superman overall. It wasn't a hunk of shit. Not, Don't let the internet get into your brain and tell you that it was a hunk of yeah, shit. You're, there's you're a right. lot of you know stuff what? that was no. There's a lot of stuff that was good about that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to fucking interrupt stuff. you. You're good. You're, there was good stuff around that movie. But you're right. It was a good movie, and that wasn't the reason Warner Brothers shook up all of the all of the creative teams behind the rest of their movie schedule after that came out and didn't do what they thought it was going to do. But you're right. That was a good enough movie that the fucking Flash director quit and the Aquaman director quit. And there's I'm, this I'm whole saying, upheaval, and they felt the need to bring in Jeff Johns and make him the Kevin Feige. You're because saying that, that no, is rudderless. You're saying that nobody liked it, yet we still sat here and said that we liked it. You're going back on what you just said maybe a month ago, where I'm saying, yeah, yeah I still fucking you know liked what? it. Because I sat on it for a month, and I'm allowed to change my mind. After, now, after, after the press comes out and, and the internet tells you not to like it and directors quit, that doesn't make a movie different. It doesn't make a movie less of a movie. Just because some directors quit, who the fuck were, was the director of Aquaman? I'm nobody fucking knows and nobody reasons, fucking cares. Yeah, I'm not citing that these are reasons that I'm being harder on this movie. I'm just citing things that happened because of the fallout from this movie not doing as well as Warner Brothers expected it to do. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with a lot of that movie, but a lot of it, I'm just so fucking disappointed because these characters should be just as beloved to fucking Joe on the street who thinks Captain America and Iron Man are fucking God's raging hard on. Fuck that. They're also great characters. Yeah, they are, and they're treated the right way by Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. Warner Brothers should be able to do that with Superman and Batman, who are higher-profile characters than Captain America and Iron Man. But their incompetence just keeps... They, they keep fucking tripping over their own feet. So maybe now that Jeff Johns, writer of DC Rebirth, the comic book, he's becoming the new do, do we, Warner do, Brothers Kevin Feige. So we liked it today. Then we're going to change our <laughs> mind whenever the fucking internet tells you to not like we it. We like what today? Rebirth. Rebirth? Mm-hmm. Today we like yes, it, right? Yes, I enjoy right. Rebirth. Any right. comic that is that can get me choked up a little bit, got some good stuff in there. Whether it's written by Jeff Johns or whoever. But it just so happens the only two comic books that have gotten me choked up were written by Jeff Johns. This was one of them. How about that? Yeah. You've been awfully quiet over there, Matt. Do you have anything to add? You know, I wanted to just blast you for what you were saying a minute ago, but Ian did a pretty good job, so I didn't need to, to interject. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's talk about Rebirth. Um, I thought Rebirth was pretty good. 
however, I did not take Rebirth's advice and read Justice League number 50 or Superman 52. It, well, that's funny, because the only reason I bought those and read... Well, I was going to get Justice League anyway, but the only reason I bought that Superman book is because you told me to. Yes. Um, I found out you needed to read those first. I kind of just didn't have time to read them, and I knew we were going to talk about Rebirth, so I read Rebirth. That left me a little bit confused. Uh, you read them both. Yeah. Can, can you understand why that would leave me confused? Or do you feel um, like there wasn't much to it? Because not only did I feel like you had to kind of have an understanding of the way the New 52 was kind of coming to a close, especially with Superman's death, I guess. But um, I feel like you had to have kind of a knowledge of some DC history as well. This was not for the newbie. This is not the comic book that you want to give to somebody and be like, this is the perfect gateway drug to get into DC Comics. It is not. Right. This is fan service to the 10th degree. I don't think it's to the 10th degree, but there is It's fan... to the 11th degree. Is it now the that I think degree? About it. Oh, deep cut. I'm just... Deep cut, son. I'm just saying, is that the correct way to say what you're trying to say? Isn't the nth degree? So what? you're not referencing... Nth metal, which powers Hawkman's and Hawkgirl's no, I'm, wings. No, I'm not. I'm referencing the actual... I believe Dr. Fate's helmet is also made of Nth metal. I would agree with that, but I think the Nth degree is what you're trying to say. That's all I'm saying. That phrase is the Nth degree, not the okay. 10th or 11th. What's right, the 11th Professor degree? Professor Sharpley, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, yeah, there's a certain amount of... Uh, you need to have some previous knowledge for some stuff. To really hit and to really make that emotional impact. Uh, I, I feel like Jeff Jones worked his way around that as best he could. But then, like, there's the bit with um, the sanitarium inmate. You know, the guy that's in the mental ward. And yes. no one really knows who he is. And it's only veiled references to his name being Mr. Thunder. As a longtime comic book fan, I had to ask you who right. the fuck it was. And as a DC guy, like, yeah, it's Johnny Thunder. He's an old Justice Society character who called down a lightning genie. And that was his superpower that allowed him to fight crime. But, I mean, yeah, that is not clear in this book. And if you don't know who Wally West is... Like, I mean, you're with Wally West through this entire He's book. the narrator, He's yeah. the narrator. He's the point of focus... But if you don't understand, like, they tell you through the entire book who Wally West is. He was part of this universe. He tells you his own story, his, his own history. You know, I grew up, I was a fan of The Flash, I eventually got to be The Flash's Robin. And, you know, all this stuff going, you know, that, that tells you who Wally West is and why you need to care about him. But it, it's really going to hit home if you watched the... Justice League animated series if you had been reading Justice League or DC Comics throughout the late 90s and early 2000s I mean that's the emotional impact of Wally West is if he has been your Flash and then he just disappeared right? yeah I don't, I don't think it's all that hard to follow that he's the Flash and that it's... he was the Flash he, like you said he explains exactly who he was and everything. No, it's not that hard to follow for maybe some comic book veterans, but it's hard to follow for uh, 
for people like I don't know people that are new to comics and they're getting into it for the first time. But I think that this was sort of like the the opposite of the jumping on point. This was this was for longtime fans. This was it, for people that had a built-in idea about what what's going on with the DC universe. And I, yeah, I thought I it was kind of refreshing that they didn't dumb anything down. That there was stuff that even even I, as a longtime reader, had to ask somebody else that was more entrenched in the DC universe about. Um, you know, I can appreciate the fact that they're acknowledging their history beyond the New 52, obviously. Um, and they're not trying to discount anything. They're trying to tie it all together make it make sense. But um, when I see the... the moniker rebirth i have to think that um this is the the jumping on point for new readers this is the opportunity for somebody to come in fresh very much like the new 52 was and this to a degree could be interpreted as oh they're going back to a time when i don't know what's going on um that that makes it difficult i think I'm a little bit playing devil's advocate because I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but I do think that people that aren't super like into comics that thought this was their opportunity to get into comics, it's really not that. Well, I feel like this whole book was sort sort of like a mea copa to the entire comic book or DC fan base. It was saying, I'm sorry that we did this to you, that we... We shunned legacy in favor of trying to bring in new readers. We changed around a lot of these relationships and altered a lot of the history and condensed things and made people younger and put them in t-shirts and silly uh, costumes that didn't really make any sense for who they were just to bring new readers and just to be fucking cool, just to be popular. I think this book is, I'm sorry, that wasn't the smart thing to do. That was inauthentic to what DC is because DC is legacy. DC is rich history. DC is passing down the the Flash mantle to somebody or, or the Robin mantle or the Bat mantle to somebody else and having the knowledge that those there's things that came before and they're important and check them out because they're really interesting to read and cool. Like history is of these books is vital and it's cool and that's what this book is. I'm doing. not necessarily saying to ignore that history. I think they could have done a better job of kind of explaining it to a degree, uh, simplifying it a, a little bit without digging too deeply. Um, yeah. But uh, I didn't have a major problem with it because for the most part I was able to keep up. But it, this was not light reading. This was oh not at all. Th this was almost like Kurt Busiek on steroids. There were so many <clears throat> words in this comic book. It was, I'm surprised. This is the War and Peace of comic books. I mean, it, eighty it, pages, dense for two ninety nine, which is a bargain. But yes, dense pages. A lot of talking, a lot of narration, a lot of exposition, a lot of stuff happening in this book. Some of it necessary, some of it maybe not. I think some of the more emotional beats, and you know, nobody reads that listens to this podcast and will spoil whenever <laughs> some well, of the. Before the best. we get into the specifics, 
Paul, you're the DC guy here. Why don't you kind of give the overview of really what this was? The overview of the plot? Yeah, the overview of the plot. So what happened in 2011 was Barry Allen, the Flash, goes back in time to save his mother from being killed by a superhero that had... a supervillain that had the idea in his head that if I kill this guy's mother, it's going to make him a better hero and a better foil to himself. So Barry Allen goes back in time, he defeats the villain, he saves his mother, but at the same time, that butterfly effect changes the entire DC universe. So everything you had known about the DC universe from like 1985 up until 2011 got erased. Everyone gets a little bit younger, everyone gets a little more edgier, you know, everyone has super awesome matching costumes with (laughs) collars, which were dog shit, because Jim Lee can't design a costume to get himself out of a paper Well, he can. He can just design... Basic metaphors, right? He can design a costume circa 1992. Right. A man needs a recent new costume class. So we've, since 2011, we've been treated to the New 52, which is a bunch of different versions of all the characters we're used to, but none of the characters hardcore DC fans really appreciate. Um, When they rebooted to create the New 52, they left out a ton of fan favorite characters. You know, different Teen Titans, different supporting characters, but the big one being Wally West. Uh, I would like to think some of our listeners would know who Wally West is because he was the Flash on the Justice League animated series. He was also the Flash from like 1985 to 2011. Um, Anybody that picked up and started reading comic books in the 90s, Wally West was the Flash. Barry Allen was a... He was just a memory. He was the guy that used to be and he sacrificed himself, but now Wally... Is the guy. He was one of the characters that you didn't think that they would ever bring Barry Allen back. I I thought. I thought that they were just going to keep him dead forever. It was such a big sacrifice. It was a big point in their entire universe. And I thought he was right. dead and gone for good. And Wally West was entrenched. He was the Flash. He wore the same costume. He was in all different, you know, like you said, the Justice League cartoon show. That's exactly what everybody thinks of the Flash. Yeah, he really Flash. became the Flash. But when the New Fifty Two relaunched, Wally was gone. Didn't exist. Um, a bunch of Teen Titans characters didn't exist. Um, Connor Kent, the original Superman or Superboy, didn't exist. Uh, the Justice Society, with you know Wildcat and the original Alan Scott Green Lantern, uh, Jay Garrick. Flash, Our Man, like all of these characters, Power Girl, like all of these characters just disappeared. So, Rebirth is a way for DC to reset the table to bring all of these characters back. And the key character is Wally West. He's been running around the Speed Force for the last 10 years. And now, there's been an event where he's able to insert himself into our universe to say, this is to try to bring himself back and meet he goes to see Bruce Wayne and he goes to see the love of his life Iris or Linda, Linda Park 
and he goes to see his mentor Barry to say, "Hey, one of you has to remember me because some bad shit's gonna happen, and I need to help save everyone." But if you don't know Wally West going into this book, a lot of the emotional impact gonna impact is gonna be lost. When Wally meets Barry in this issue, like it got me choked up because. Like, Wally goes, he meets Bruce, and he sees Linda. Because he goes to Bruce because Bruce Wayne knows everything. He's the world's greatest detective. He'll be able to figure it out, and he'll remember, right? Well, then he goes to see the love of his life, and she doesn't remember. Well, maybe, maybe my hero will remember me. And then really, really quick, he goes through Captain Boomerang and Cyborg. And, like, even some lesser connections don't acknowledge that he's... He, yeah, I remember you. You, you were Kid Flash. You're Wally West. And then he finally goes to see Barry Allen. And the way it's written, I mean, fans have been clamoring to have Wally West back for years. Uh, of all the characters that got left behind, Wally West is he's like the Firefly of characters. I mean, there's 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 still petitions to get Firefly back on TV, the Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. TV show. And that's Wally West. Fans just want red hair, green eyed Wally West back in the DC universe. So finally, Wally West meets Barry. And Wally's saying, look, I don't have that much time. The Speed Force is pulling me back in. I just want you to know that this is... You don't remember me, but this is our hello, and this is also goodbye. And I want you to know that everything you did for me meant the world to me. You know, taking me into your house... Uh, helping me learn how to be a Flash, helping me learn how to be a hero, and you're reading as, as a reader, you're reading it like, oh, well, this is this is the send off that he's getting the big hero's goodbye, the hero's death that is worthy of a big character like Wally West, and he's getting ripped this whole time. He's telling Barry how much he he appreciates him and. Go save the universe. Continue being a hero. The whole time he's being ripped apart. And it's reminiscent of how isn't how like um, Barry Allen was ripped apart in Crisis and the, right. the original. So you're thinking, okay, well this is going to mirror that death. So the whole time you're reading it, you're like, oh well, this is they're really gonna kill Wally for good this time, and he's gonna be gone. And at the last second, Barry reaches out and grabs his wrist, and you, and Barry remembers. All these people don't remember who Wally is. And that last second, Barry remembers your Wally West. You're, you know, the Robin to my Batman. You grew up to be a better Flash than me. Like, you are Wally West. And he pulls him back into the universe. And it's such an emotional moment. And, like, that's what Jeff Johns is great at. He's just so good at making the emotion happen in these comic books and in and, and the writing. And... Like Wally's, Wally's back. So now we're, and Wally knows some secrets. He's been in the Speed Force, and there's someone in particular that took ten years away from all these DC heroes. And it seems like Wally and Barry are gonna start putting the pieces back together to find out who that is and put back the DC universe to where it was before Flashpoint. And he mentions in there that they they took 10 years away from us to weaken us. They struck us deep at our hearts. And sort of what he's saying is that they broke apart a lot of relationships. 
Clark and Lois aren't together. Green Arrow and Black Canary aren't together. There's a lot of things that are are disjointed and not not the 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 heart of um, the DC universe has been kind of shattered. And I, as I'm reading this book, I'm reading it in a very meta way, and I'm reading it where they're saying like somebody has stolen our universe and things aren't right and blah blah blah. And I'm the whole time I'm like, it's Dan Dio. He did it to you, Wally. That's who fucked you <laughs> over. Like I totally know who it was. I know the villain. So, um, but as they go through and they're kind of stepping you through and they they flash back to to Bruce Wayne as Batman in the Batcave and where Wally first broke through and was trying to make his case and trying to talk to somebody and tell him that things are wrong and and there's something different about the timeline Batman's walking around and he he looks and he starts digging around in his cave and he pulls out the comedian's pin from Watchmen and that is the sign that DC Comics is going to fold the Watchmen universe into the DC proper universe yeah yeah absolutely so really what what we learned from this comic book was that Dr. Manhattan was responsible for the new 52 he created that he's the one that stole the 10 years from everyone at least that's the way it appears he even shows up to kill Pandora at one point, and it's clearly him. It's the same exact way that... Yes, hand me Justice League, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Um, so it's the same exact way that he killed uh, Rorschach at the end of Watchmen. Uh, he leaves her as a smoldering... <laughs> just pile. I don't even know why. Yeah, a pile of just melted body yeah and and I didn't exactly understand why that character was killed it was very abrupt in the context of the story these are the moments where I was just like huh and I wasn't exactly following how or why that was happening and I didn't understand that that was him until I went back after I had finished it and I realized oh my god they rolled the watchmen into this and then you go back and you realize holy shit, that was Dr. Uh, Manhattan that killed Pandora. Now, yeah. Paul, I'm not that familiar with Pandora. I know that she played a role in the Justice League um, series. Uh, was she a new character for the New 52? Yeah, she um, She was kind of the crux of... She... I don't even really know what exactly she represented in the New 52, but... And every number one issue of the New 52, she appeared in the background somewhere. And they worked it out so that she was involved in the creation of the New 52. And she was kind of sort of responsible and things happening the way they did. So having her get exploded in Rebirth was kind of like, you know, we're really closing the door on all this New 52 stuff. It felt like a very aggressive, like, this is a, another New 52 mistake that we made and we're going to eliminate it. I feel like at the end when uh, Metatron and Owlman are destroyed on the moon, that that is also a, in Justice League 50. That, that maybe, and it might be a stretch for me, um, but I feel like that's Dr. Manhattan blowing them up. The 
as they look and they say, oh, he's here. And then you have a blue light. Yeah, it's kinda. not a stretch. It, it's at least made to look that way. Right. It's, it's very possible that um, Ozymandias is behind all of this. Is that his name, Paul? Did I get that right? Um, Ozymandias? Ozymandias. Whatever. We, we're talking about the same guy. The villain. Adrian. Adrian. Yeah, Adrian. Because doesn't, in the final panels, isn't aren't the last two uh, blocks of text here these are Adrian speaking and then it changes over to Dr. Manhattan yeah. in the final three panels I think that that's how that goes um, it, it seems to me like it's possible that he's the, the villain but it's being staged to look like it might be Dr. Manhattan or maybe Dr. Manhattan started out having a reason to change having a good reason to, to take the 10 years away and try to change it. And maybe it's not a... It's... it's He's not... I don't think that Dr. Manhattan's a villain. Like, I, a lot of people are upset about that, and they're like, oh, I made Dr. Manhattan a bad guy. I don't think that that's it at all. I think that he took the 10 years away for a good reason, and we will find out, but it's going to take a while for us to kind of dig in and figure out what that reason was. Yeah, I, I hope that it doesn't become the the focal point of rebirth like as if this is what this is all leading to because yeah. ultimately what I what I want out of rebirth is just good comics good DC comics a refocused uh, DC uh, I'm a little worried that we're not going to get that because I haven't been all that excited with the previewed stuff that we've seen so far. Um, but I'm willing to give it a chance, especially after Rebirth. I thought it was it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was a really well written, well illustrated book. I I can tell you this, man, and maybe it's just because I'm a Watchmen sucker, or I love this kind of stuff. But I wasn't in with the Rebirth line. I wasn't blown away by any of the creators or the directions or anything like that. But the crux of how the New Fifty Two came about, and the fact that they are using Dr. Manhattan. It's a it's something unexpected. I ne I never thought that they would use him. Very unexpected. It's it's not necessarily a villain, I don't think, and it also is someone familiar. So it's new and familiar at the same time. And I think that that's probably the best thing that they could possibly have done for new fans who are like who the what the hell what Watchmen's part of the DC universe and old fans like us that's like holy shit, that's a big deal that they're merging these two properties like this. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm more excited. I I wrapped it up. I finished reading it. I closed the book, and I started texting people. And I was like, did you read this? I need to talk to you. Like, I needed to talk to somebody because I'm excited now. I'm pumped. That's really cool. Um, now, I'm still not crystal clear on how the Watchmen are going to fit into the DC universe. Does this mean that the the universes have been merged into one um is there an alternate reality that has the watchmen separate from the dcu i don't really get what's going on yet i just give me a return to the multiverse i don't need a finite number on that i don't need only 52 you know versions of these earths just give me give me elseworld stories give me earth 2 give me all of that stuff and it'll fit in with the way that I have always read DC Comics. So. Yeah, the uh, the Watchmen inclusion at the end was kind of goofy, but 
I'm kind of in. Like, I don't like those characters to begin with. So if you want to make those make them the bad guys of the real heroes of the DC universe, let's go nuts. But I I don't think that's... that's It's so meta that it's like, well, the Watchmen are what changed all of comics to be dark and grim and gritty and... Now we're uh, going, we got to uh, steal back hope and light and optimism. Another example of if I could roll my eyes and make noise, I'd do it. But I think that's what they're doing here. Like, that's how I feel that this is being written, is that the Watchmen a... are sort of the reason why we get these books that are darker and well, not as in a, uh, metatextual way, yeah. like, you could derive that from it. I think some fans might have an issue with it because Alan Moore doesn't support things like this. Because he's a fucking psychopath. Well, I don't really care what he is. The point is, he doesn't own those characters. Right. Sorry. And... Sorry. They've already... They've already opened the floodgates with the um, Before Watchmen books that they did a couple of years ago. Those were all fine. I didn't have a problem with any of them. It was good stuff get some new creative juice into that property, mix it in there. Like I said, this was unexpected and new while being familiar all at the same time. I'm in, man. I'm going to check out a lot of books. It felt so much less gimmicky. You know, we we go back to the Captain America, the way that issue one ended with Cap saying, Hail Hydra after he murders some, some patriot. And then you see the way this book ends. This one did not feel like a gimmick. It felt like this is the springboard for big, big, big things at DC, whereas the Marvel uh, cliffhanger ending was just just garbage. Just complete cash-in, smoke and mirrors, gimmick. It was gimmickry of the highest order. Well, this is DC going out of their way to... Try to make everyone happy and make sure all the pieces fit. And make sure everything works together for the characters the best way it could. I mean, what the fuck is Captain America ever going to really be part of Hydra? And I'm sure at some point he's going to be like, I hated to kill that Patriot guy, but I was so deep undercover, I just had to do it. But Dr. Manhattan's like, yeah, I stole ten years from you. Yeah, what is doc- ten years but, but a Manhattan grain of sand and time? He's such like, an unemotional, detached character that, that... He would totally do that this. That makes sense. Yeah, Cap being part of Hydra, that makes no sense. That's why I also don't think that he's going to be a villain. He's just going to be like, oh, well, you guys missed that ten years? I thought I made it better. I didn't? Well, yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to be... He's going to be a villain either. I don't even think he's going to be the villain. You know, they're talking about, like, some some darker person being responsible for this but Dr. Manhattan isn't that kind of dark character he's He's just just all powerful yeah but it was a while ago so who knows maybe he has become a villain you know maybe like that level of power that level of um godlikeness has turned him in like he was pretty un uh Emotion. He was emotionless by the end of Watchmen to the point where, like, imagine what he's like, you know, 25 years later. Well, I've seen things written where they're like, well, it kind of takes away from the arc of the character because he he does kind of, at the end of Watchmen, he does kind of see that relationships are the most interesting and intricate thing that ever could happen, and you could never predict them, and they're so crazy... And that kind of plays into his idea. So you're kind of taking that away, but 
Yeah. I, I think he could get back to that place. He's gone, so. But yeah, um, I really like this book. Um, Ian, are you gonna get um, the other Rebirth comics like Batman Rebirth, Wonder Woman Rebirth? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, I'll probably follow the characters that I like, such as Batman, Wonder Woman. Maybe I'll get some of these Green Air, Green Lantern books. Can I just out. make a comment on this female Green Lantern? Who is that, Paul? Uh, that's Jessica Cruz. Jessica Cruz. The uh, Latino female Green Lantern yeah. satisfying two different demographics. But that's not enough for the general comic book reviewing websites yeah. out there that want everyone to be either ethnic or female or just not white. I have no problem with her being ethnic. I have no problem with her being female. What I do have a problem is the other demographic that she's appealing to, which is the stupid artwork right over her eye. That logo over her eye is the stupidest thing I have ever seen since the 1990s. Talk to Rob Liefeld. Oh, you haven't seen Jim Lee's new Deadshot design? Oh, no. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, it sucks dick. It sucks a big fucking hog. There it is. There it is. It sucks a big fucking Hogwarts. That's how much that sucks. Let's take the coolest fucking thing about Deadshot, his mask, and make it like some weird half mask where you can see his face. Jim Lee, I hope you're listening. You are fucking dog shit at designing characters. Dog shit. And I think that's gonna wrap it up, guys. One more note about Rebirth. I really like the way they use the different design and the different typefaces to denote the Dr. Manhattan and Adrian and Pete are talking yeah. at the end. I like uh, the panel layout, the nine panel per page layout that was, you know, done by Dave Gibbons and Watchmen. Made me feel like a dummy that I didn't notice it right. because you don't do that anywhere unless you're trying to ape Watchmen. Right, so. DC Rebirth had some really interesting art choices. Uh, Dark Knight Returns did it too. Well, that book sucks. So, like, DC Rebirth, though, way better than Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight, yeah, Dark Knight Returns, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. That's good. That's good. I really liked a lot about it. So we're going to wrap it up tonight. Well, he does this week, folks. Oh! Check back next month when he's like, Rebirth was a piece of dog shit. Nobody liked it. Because the internet didn't like it. My name is Paul McGinty. We'll see you next time. Good night. Episode 154 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Is it 54? I fucked up. Which one is it? Oh, did you fuck up?